Hey there, you're listening to Mad Chats with Black Girl, White Geek. I'm your host, Jess D. And today is a blog post episode. These episodes are dedicated to those who hate reading, I get it, or those of you who don't have time to read. If you'd like to refer to this blog post, the link will be in the episode description. Or you can go directly to blackgirlwhitegee.com and the episode title will correspond with the title of the blog post. So, here goes. This episode is entitled, The Five Types of BJJ Coaches You May Experience on the Mat. The coach is the leader of the BJJ gym, but what kind of coach will you encounter? As I've always mentioned, BJJ brings in a lot of people from all over. Your experience at the gym with your training partners shape how you view jiu-jitsu and may affect your relationships in and out of the gym. But the core, the people who bring it all together, are the coaches at your gym. Coaches bring their love and passion for Brazilian jiu-jitsu and try to translate it in a way that is understandable for their students. The way that they do this might not be the same across the board. Although the structure of a BJJ class has many similarities, no matter where you go, there are a multitude of different coaches you will experience. Here are the five types of BJJ coaches that you might experience in your BJJ lifetime. A small note, this list is a combination of the coaches I've had met plus like the ones that my friends tell me about. So, and of course, if there's a jujitsu coach that I forgot on here, please let me know about it on my Instagram, which is at blackgirlwhitegee underscore bjj. And also guys, it's allergy season, so I sound a little bit stuffy. I apologize, but bear with me as I go through this list. Alrighty, number one, the kind, caring, coddling coach. This is the coach that teaches classes that are super beginner friendly. They make the gym a fun and warm space for all who enters. This coach takes time to make sure that you and the people around you are okay after showing you a move. They set you up with their best student to make sure you learn everything if they can't come to help you themselves. They don't want anyone to hurt you in fear that you might run from the sport. They will often take you aside to show you a technique in detail and tells you it's okay when there's a harder move. They just want you to build up that strong fundamental base so you can be the best BJJ person you can be. They speak in a strong yet calming voice to keep you focused on the game. This coach is great for new people starting on their BJJ journey and want guidance every step of the way. They will get the attention they need in order to get their BJJ at an acceptable level. For the more experienced jujitsu practitioner, this coach's demeanor might come off as too soft. The coach might also ask them to help the new person coming to the gym on a day they want to drill or train with one of their more advanced training partners. I personally like this kind of coach 
But then again, I generally like everyone. And I think even with me being a bit more seasoned in my BJJ journey, this coach is the type of coach I know I can go to to ask questions and get the attention I need. But sometimes with this coach, I feel that their demeanor towards me is only because I'm a woman and they're just being this way to undermine my strength and power in the sport. Of course, this isn't always the case, and they could generally just be this kind of person. Number two, the Cobra Kai killer coach. One word to describe this coach is hardcore. Hardcore warm-ups, hardcore drills, hardcore everything. If you don't spar after class, they're going to judge you and possibly think you're not taking BJJ seriously. You have to compete in their eyes or you're wasting their and your time. This coach is the one that is screaming at you to do your skin signature move when you're competing. If you lose, you're doing push-ups and you better not complain about it. This coach usually throws beginners to a blue belt or purple belt while they teach their A team of killers who live by the coach's every word. This person might come off as too rough for the casual let me get my exercise for the week and not die after a warm-up person. For the aspiring sponsored athlete or the jiu-jitsu dude who is trying to go to Worlds one day, this is the coach for them. This coach gives them the extra push that they need to be the athlete they want to be. Honestly, I think I need this coach sometimes. Uh, after getting injured, I've definitely slacked off and have been coddled a little bit. As I write this, my current coach doesn't coddle me that much. As I write this, as I read this, my, my current coach doesn't coddle me that much, but um, he also is just like kind of on my ass about training and being like, hey, you want to improve, you have to, you know, you have to come to class, you have to do the work, you have to come out, um, you know, do stuff outside. So I feel like my current coach, um, Dan, is very good with this. So shout out to him. Um, (laughs) but anyway, but I definitely need my coach to be on my ass and yelling at me to push myself. Sometimes I want to die when I train. And I think this coach's way of showing, this is this coach's way of showing me that he cares. Number three, the let me make money off of you coach. As soon as you come in for a trial class or an open mat, They are trying their best to upsell you on everything. This coach is always offering you private lessons, a new gi, a yearly membership with an accompanying membership for your cousin, mom, future child, grandma, everyone. You got to respect the hustle. And you know that this is the coach's livelihood. But sometimes it gets a bit pushy when they ask you for the fourth time after class if you want to get privates with them to work on your side control. Once you say no, they might try to sell you a cheaper option like a private with their brown or purple belt or other ways that will get you finally to take out your wallet and sigh as you hand them some cash or in this age, um, scan their Venmo or (laughs) send them a Zelle. (laughs) If you like the way that the coach teaches and you got the coin to spend and support the gym, Of course, this kind of coach won't bother you. 
This kind of coach is also good for the person who is really good with their money, super cheap, or can easily say no when someone is being persistent. After a while, they won't upsell you anything. Unless there's that new comfy cool sweatshirt with the new and improved logo that will only cost you $5 more than the last one. If you're not good at saying no, which is me sometimes, <laughs> go to the trial class, say no and no thank you after you're done and then keep it pushing to another gym. What usually happens if you're bad at saying no, again like me, I'm actually learning but it's hard sometimes and you keep buying stuff you'll feel angry and regret that you spent that money which will then make you resentful at the gym which is also not a great feeling number four the you can ask me questions but don't ask me coach This coach is super great at showing the technique for the class and gives you quite good commentary when it comes to the details about the move. But after that, he has said what he has said. Sometimes if you ask for further details, they will answer your question vaguely and will seem quite annoyed with you. It might not be the question itself, but maybe you asked the question right after they mentioned it, or maybe it's obvious. Or maybe you're just annoying. I'm joking, but it can seem that way in your own mind, right? Sometimes it seems that maybe it's better to ask the question after class, but the coach has some other things going on and can't get to you in that moment. Either way, it may seem that this coach doesn't want to talk to you or answer your question. Just know that those feelings might be in your own head or he or she might be busy or have their own things going on and and are just in a rush. This kind of coach is best for the person who doesn't take things personally and that their questions are justified in helping them understand and get better at BJJ. But also, it's okay to read the room and give give this kind of coach some space if they need it. Yes, you're paying for a class. Yes, your question deserves to be answered, but sometimes we forget that these coaches are human too. I hate to feel like I'm bothering someone. Um, yeah, you could ask anyone. I never ask for help or, I mean, I ask for help, but I try not to bother people. Um, so generally I ask once and if the coach seems annoyed, I'll ask a friend who understands the move better or ask one of my other black belt friends slash coaches. It's no shade to the coach themselves, but it's always good to know your resources. Number five, the traditional list coach. This coach upholds the old school standards of martial arts. You may get to the dojo on time, call on professor if they're a black belt, and make sure that you call blue, purple, or brown belts coach. You must line up by belt order and everything is done methodically, as it should be. You saw that cool-looking gi on bjjhq.com or um, rollmore.com or 93brand.com. All, like, you know, not sponsored, but I really like those sites. (laughs) Um, That's navy blue with aquamarine stripes, and you want to wear it to the gym? Well, too bad. White gis only to stay in tradition. They have a long list of dojo rules that um, are specific to the T. And you must... 
do, and respect every step. When you walk into the dojo, you must bow at the mats and the picture of Helio Gracie that stands in front of the room. This coach is not for play-play and will have no problem kicking your ass out of the dojo or class if you can't follow the rules. This type of coach is best for someone who needs order methods slash steps in their martial arts to really appreciate it. It's also for people coming in from another martial arts um, that understands the practices upheld by all forms and know that things won't deviate too far from what they already know. This coach isn't so great um, for someone who has a busy lifestyle outside of BJJ and can't really stick to coming in on time or likes to have a little pizzazz in their BJJ class. Um, so, like, I mean, I, of course, respect traditions, but, yeah, I had a, a coach back in Shanghai that um, when we had class in the morning, we, um, like, okay, sorry, as a small, as a small story, I used to come to class, like, uh, go to class at 7 o'clock, and although taxis are pretty, um, taxis and, like, Ubers are in China, they're called DDs, are pretty cheap. I'm not going to spend like, what was it, like 30 RMB every day to go to a morning class because um, that adds up. And if, when you're trying to save money, you're not trying to spend 30 RMB. If I were taking the metro um, or the subway, the subway opened at a specific time that they don't run all night like they do in New York City. So it would open at a specific time. And even if I were there when they opened the gate, um, I would get late to class if I, you know, got that first train. So yeah, with this particular coach, um, he was cool. He, but like, I would literally, um, when I, every time I would take the Metro to, to school, to the gym, I, um, would get there like maybe five to 50 minutes late, depending on if I was at the, the, um, Metro when the doors open or if I, you know, overslept a little bit and I was like, crap, I can't spend money on a cab right now. So let me just hightail it and get there as fast as I can. And he always used to get so mad when I arrived late and he was just like, okay, you can't keep arriving late. And I was like, dude, like I have, you know, I'm a working person. I have a, a dog. I have all this stuff. He's like, well, you're not respecting the gym. He's like, well, I have a family. I have like, I have kids and I have a dog too. And you know, a wife and the, I'm like, dude, I am one single person by myself. Like you have a wife. So it's like, it's not like you leave to go to the gym and then you, your kids are only, and your dog are only depending on you. Your wife isn't, you know, when she wakes up, she could tend to your kids. She could tend to your dog while you go in the gym and you go back home and help her with everything else. I'm me by myself. I have to walk my dog in the morning. She's not going to, she's going to be alone all day because after I would go to class, I would go directly to work. And I would, um, at this time I was like, on my crazy, like I need to train twice a day every day because you know, my coach isn't going to take this other coach, the main coach at this gym, um, isn't going to take me seriously if he doesn't see me training multiple times a day. So I'm just like, I'm not going to get home until like nine o'clock at night. So my dog needs to be walked, not nine o'clock. That's a lie. Like I would come directly, go from work directly to the gym and then, well, sometimes, or I would come home sometimes, but generally I would go directly to the gym. So I wouldn't get home until like nine. So my dog was cool. She, you know, she's very, 
easy. Like I, I lucked out with my dog Pumpkin because she she's just an easy dog. She doesn't freak out. Like if she you know when we, she could hold her pee. So when I came home, she'd pee really quick and then she would go out. Um, you know, and we'd go for another long walk depending on the um. Well, we always go for a walk, but depending on if I didn't come home directly after work that day, then. Yeah, but I just, sorry, I'm making a long story just to say that sometimes the traditional coach doesn't really, um, you know, doesn't vibe with me. And also just because like a lot of the times in my, in my jujitsu relationships with my coaches, like, of course on the mat, I'm respecting my coaches. Like most of the time I'm using the word professor or coach. My current coach, um, going back to Dan, I just because we were literally, like, when I joined my um my second jujitsu gym, he was a coach, so I would refer to him as coach. But we became friends, so it's like really hard for me to be like, oh, professor, or like I'll do it jokingly, like professor Dan, professor coach, king of this um this dojo, Dan, can you please help me? And I know I just I need to break out of it, but he's like cool as long as you know he's Dan's really chill, so. But anyway, let me just keep <laughs> keeping on with the um the stuff. Oh, sorry, one more thing. Also, with the traditionalist traditionalist coach, um, the idea of only wearing white geese, um, was just nuts for me because I have another coach that I had in Shanghai that he didn't like anyone wearing non-white geese into his gym, which is like. I mean, granted, hey, like I, it's his gym. I'm respecting. So every time I would go train at that gym, I would make sure that. I had four geese at the time, so, like, two white, one black, and one blue. So, I mean, anytime, I'd make sure my white geese were were um, ready to go to that gym. But sometimes it's like, damn, like, there's so much variety in jujitsu geese that you want to wear other geese. So I'm like, damn, imagine a, a whole a whole closet of white geese or like, you know how, like also for me, I would hang my clothes outside and sometimes like, you know, not to be stereotypical about China, but sometimes the air isn't that great. So eventually those white geese wouldn't be as white. So I'm just like, Oh, the upkeep of a white geese is so annoying. But anyway, sorry, going back to the, to the, to the episode or the, the reading. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, this, these kind of traditions and respect in the martial gym, um, and martial in martial arts are needed. Of course I'm in between when it comes to this kind of coach, I've had coaches yell at me for not being on time. And when I literally could not help it, but be late, I, I would have trained that day. If I skipped out knowing I would be late, even after mentioning I would be late. But I do like knowing what is expected in every class, and I know that there is always an order when I go to class. The coaches you encounter have an impact on your training. I've been lucky enough to have a variety of coaches intentionally, internationally, (laughs) and learn quite a great deal from all of them. Always go with a coach and an environment that is conducive to your BJJ training and gives you longevity. Never ever train with someone or go somewhere that doesn't make you feel like you're welcome or makes you feel uncomfortable in any way. This is detrimental to your growth in the sport. But once you find the right coach in the right environment, your technique will show that you found a BJJ home. So my question for everyone for this episode is, have you experienced any kind of these coaches 
Um, and also, is there a coach you've experienced that I've missed? Um, you know, make sure to share with me on my um, Instagram at blackgirlwhitegee underscore bjj. I'm always open to a conversation. And um, also, guys, I'm going to start doing in the next few upcoming episodes, I'm going to start doing an Ask um, Black Girl White Gee section. So if you guys have questions, comments, anything like that, um, that you want me to talk about in my episodes, uh, please feel free to message me on Instagram. You can email me. It's blackgirlwhitegee at gmail.com. And make sure you put in the subject line like, Ask Black Girl White Key and with the question that you want to ask. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this blog post episode of Matt Chats with Black Girl White Key. Remember, this post is available on blackgirlwhitegee.com in written form so you can get any links or anything you might have missed while listening. If you haven't done so, please subscribe and rate this podcast. It's much appreciated. Again, I'm your host, Jess D, and I hope to see you next time. Bye!